Welcome to The Pulpit, the sermon podcast of Calvary Moravian Church. My name is Pastor Chaz Snyder, and I hope you'll use this recording to grow deeper in God's Word and help you on your spiritual journey. Good morning. Our Old Testament lesson comes from the book of Exodus, chapter 17, verses 1 through 17. All the congregation of the people of Israel moved on from the wilderness of sin by stages, according to the commandment of the Lord, and camped at Rephidim. But there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore the people found fault with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. And Moses said to them, Why do you find fault with me? Why do you put the Lord to proof? But the people thirsted there for water, and people murmured against Moses and said, Why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? So Moses cried to the Lord, What shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, Pass on before the people, taking with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the rod with which you struck the Nile, and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock of Herob, and you shall strike the rock, and the water shall come out of it, and the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel, and he called the name of the place Massa and Meribah, because of the fault-finding of the children of Israel, and because they put the Lord to proof by saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Please stand for the reading of the gospel. The Gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ according to John chapter 4 verses 5 through 42. So he came to the city of Samaria called Sychar near the field that Jacob gave his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there and so Jesus wearied as he was in the journey and sat beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. There came a woman of Samaria to drink water to draw water and Jesus said to her give me a drink For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. And the Samaritan woman said to him, How is this you, a Jew? Ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria. For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is asking, saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you the living water. The woman said to him, Sir, You have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself and his sons and his cattle? And Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give will never thirst. The water that I shall give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water, that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. And Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. And the woman answered him, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, You are right in saying you have no husband. You have had five husbands, and he whom you now have is not your husband. This you said truly. And the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, 
and you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for such the Father seeks to worship him. God is the spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And the woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, we will, uh, we will show, uh, he will show us all things. And Jesus said to her, I am who you, or I who you speak to am he. Just then the disciples came and they marveled that he was talking with a woman, but none said, what do you wish? And why are you talking to her? The woman left, so the woman left her water jar and went into the city and said to the people, come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the city and were coming to him. And meanwhile, the disciples besought him and saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. For the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him food? And Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say there are yet four months and then comes the harvest? I tell you, lift up your light, lift up your eyes and see the fields that are already white, white with harvest. He who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans came from the city and believed in him because of the woman's testimony that he told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there for two days. Many more believed because of his words. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of your words that we believe, for we have heard ourselves, and we know that this indeed is the Savior of the world. The word of God for the people of God. Be you may be seated. Let us now turn to God in quiet meditation and prayer. God, as we worship you this day, show us who we are. Remind us that we are avenues for your love and that we are vessels for your grace. God, you are the giver of living water, the source of our deepest compassion and the fountain of our eternal life. Therefore, now we pray to you, knowing that you are a wellspring of mercy. So God, hear the petitions and cries of our heart. 
God, we pray for all who are thirsty. Thirsty for a life of meaning. Thirsty for a word of grace in their lives. For those who are thirsty for a drink of living water. God, we pray for those who are weary, who are weary from life's long journey, who may be weary from conflict and testing in their lives, for those who may be weary from pain or grief or heartache. And God, we pray for all those who are broken, who may be broken by sin and suffering, broken by hard disappointments of life, for those who may be broken by acts of violence or oppression. ever-present God, through your spirit, pour your love into our hearts, pour your grace into our lives, and your healing into our world. So let your presence grow until the earth is filled with your glory and like the waters cover the sea. And God, as we turn to your word now, speak a fresh word to us. Let us hear the words you have for our hearts today. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts together be pleasing to you. Amen. So we live in a time when the lack of clean water can be considered perhaps a crisis. There are many parts of the world that still don't have access to clean drinking water. Estimates put that at about 100 and, or 771 million, about 1 in 10 people on the earth. There are parts of this country that have to, to ration water. There's currently what is considered a mega drought in the west part of the United States. There are even cities dealing with unsafe water like Flint, Michigan, and Jackson, Mississippi. It is access to water that can define whether or not a property has value. These things become, these are so important because we know that water is a necessity for life. Water can comfort and cleanse us, but it can also destroy us by its abundance or by its scarcity. We are utterly dependent on water. And think of those moments in your life where you might have been physically exhausted or been in the sun and the heat and how desperate you may have been for just a drink of water. And then how refreshing it tastes in that moment. It's a reminder of how utterly dependent we are on water to live and to survive. And so it's in this third Sunday of Lent that we note about uh, spiritual hydration also being essential 
for the transformation that we seek in this season. In today's reading from the Gospel of John and also in our Old Testament reading, we hear about water. And Jesus, from the Gospel of John, simply starts out being thirsty. And in response to his thirst, he asks for a drink of water. And this leads to a conversation with the Samaritan woman about new life and about living water. And because of this encounter, this simple encounter around a glass of water, people in her town come to know who Jesus is. And this story connects to so many other passages in the Bible about water. We hear water mentioned in the creation story. Even in the end times of Revelation, it speaks of the river of life. And as we read, Moses strikes the rock in the desert to bring forth life for the thirsty Israelites who are grumbling in the desert. And of course, we have baptism, the symbol of our entrance into the life of faith around water. We are people whose spirituality is framed in the cleansing and life-giving qualities of water. So given that as a bit of a preface, let's take a deeper look at this passage from the Gospel of John, and perhaps it can offer us some thoughts on our own spiritual hydration. So Jesus is on his way from Judea to Galilee, and Jesus chooses to go through Samaria, and that is a land that has a rich history in Israel's past, and it is fraught with Jewish and Samaritan hostility. And by the time that Jesus enters the city in this story, the animosity between the Samaritans and the Jews is an old and open secret. Everyone knows that they don't get along and they don't like each other. This long simmering tension between Jews and Samaritans is referenced right away in the conversation between Jesus and the unnamed Samaritan woman at the well. She asked Jesus, how is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? The Jewish Samaritan tension is our text, in, in this text is accompanied by the issue also of gender in this encounter. A scene such as this in which a Jewish man speaks with a woman in a public place would no question come as a shock and a surprise, something that simply just does not happen then. It runs very counter to the social norms of Jesus' day, which means when the disciples return from their errand, their shock and their astonishment comes not just from Jesus having a conversation with a Samaritan, but also from having a conversation with a woman. Despite all of the breaking of these cultural norms, Jesus never flinches. He doesn't flee from the Samaritan woman at the well. Actually, it is the opposite. He chooses to engage her. And we can compare this a little bit to last week's gospel lesson with the conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus. Another one talking about uh, new, uh, this one talking about being born again. Jesus and Nicodemus, they had a relatively short conversation, and it happened in the middle of the night. And Jesus and this Samaritan woman talk for a while in the middle of the day. And this lengthy conversation 
that the two of them have. It comes in three, sort of three waves. The first one, Jesus reveals himself as the life that satisfies our spiritual thirst. The living water he talks about is not defined precisely, but it does suggest that in Jesus there is a holy provision, a holy provision of our basic human needs. And this comes through a connection to, Christ, to God in Christ. The Samaritan woman may not understand how a, how a request for well water has turned into some deep spiritual conversation. This might be shocking to, uh, to, G, to the Samaritan woman in some way. I would imagine she is literally there just trying to get her day's worth of water. But in the simple daily routine, her appetite for spiritual nourishment is increased. So then the conversation continues. And in the second part of this conversation, Jesus reveals to the Samaritan woman woman, a deep understanding of her marital history. And the point of this doesn't seem to be to shame this woman, but rather it confirms Jesus' divinity to the woman. It is Jesus' knowledge of her life that helps to confirm for the Samaritan woman that Jesus really is this source of living water. She is shocked that this person knows this about her life. And then the conversation sort of moves to its final stage. And Jesus comes right out, and he confirms his divine identity. The woman says, I know the Messiah is coming. And Jesus simply says, I am he. I am the one who, the one who is speaking to you. At this moment, we see the full transformation of the Samaritan woman. She leaves behind her jar at the well. This is the part I think is the most interesting. The one thing she came to do, to get water for the day, after this encounter with Jesus, she simply just leaves the jar and goes back home. She has to go tell somebody right away. And this is even more sort of pertinent because she came all the way out there to the well. Typically, a well would have been outside the city. It was a communal resource. Everybody went there every day to get their day's worth of water. So it would have been a journey to get there. And she came out in the middle of the midday heat to do it, which is important because the fact that most people drew their water in the morning when it was cooler. And, when, and so this was a place of socializing. People would gather, draw their water, and conversate with one another. We even have this connection to water and socializing today. Think of water cooler talk or the local watering hole. So it's even more obvious that she went in the heat of the day in order to see that, in order to not see others, probably to avoid gossip and the stares and the stress of knowing that she is a woman in that community that is probably one uh, that is not liked by her peers. So this is not some small thing, that she, small detail, that she just leaves her jar behind. But she does so in order to go invite others in her town to come and see and experience the living water that she found 
in Christ, directly engaging the ones that she was intentionally trying to avoid. So by the end of this conversation, we see that the Samaritan woman is nourished by the living water she finds in Christ. And because of that, she's empowered and she's transformed. And one of the profound truths of this passage is that Jesus includes this Samaritan woman in his earthly ministry. See, this is a radical inclusion of a historically dreaded and despised other. And this speaks so much to the kind of work that Jesus is about. A Samaritan disciple, a Samaritan woman disciple, can that even be possible? The passage from John responds to these questions with a resounding yes. This Samaritan woman does the work of the apostles, of spreading the good news of the source of living water. The well she will be bringing to the people. This is the well of new life and new birth. And at first, when we read this text, we might be tempted to ask, why does Jesus go this way? There are many other ways to get from Judea to Galilee. We can be sure the disciples were wondering why Jesus told to go, why he chose to go through Samaria. They didn't have to choose that route. But after we let the story sink in for a little bit, we start to see what Jesus is doing. He is making it clear that the outsiders are included in God's new kingdom. Even a Samaritan woman like this is included. So that leaves us to ask some questions. Who are the Samaritan women in our world? The ones we assume can't be a part of God's work. And do we think that about ourselves? Do we doubt our own ability to be included in the work? Do you believe that you can dip your jar into that well of living water just like the woman in this story? Because that is part of the message of this story too. The outsiders are included and that means you too. So where are our wells today? Where are the places that you can refill your jars? Have our sources of spiritual hydration seemed to dry up? Do you feel a thirst in your life? Have you realized you need to drink of that living water? How can we seek and experience this living water that God wants to provide for us today? And we find the answers to these questions. We find them as we journey together as the people of God. I'm reminded a little bit of the Exodus story that we read when Moses is wandering around with the grumbling Israelites saying, what in the world am I going to do with these people? And then God provides the source of life. We together build our spiritual home. So this Lent, I invite you to do the work together, to be like this woman at the well, whether you are thirsty 
or whether you are there to give someone a drink. I invite you to think about how we are nourished in our life of faith this season. So may we all draw from this well of living water. Let us pray. God, thank you that you have sent Jesus to find us at the well. So we find ourselves thirsty and in need of drink. And when we do, may we turn to you as our source of living water. Help us to reach out to the outsider, even the outsider in ourselves. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.